Another episode of Dynasty Logics. I'm here. I'm Bobby. And on the other side, Tom. Legendary Tom. What's going on today, brother? You know, just living it, loving it. Um, we had to stop our trade talks to record a podcast, so probably a good thing before we go rabbit hole. That's fair. I call him Legendary Tom because he's rocking his infamous fantasy football legend shirt right now for the people who are listening at home or in their car, wherever you actually listen to <laughs> Dynasty Logics. Thank you for continuing to listen to us and make sure you're following us at Dynasty Logics, where Tommy is creating all sorts of fun polls, hitting up, you know, every everyone is who hits us up. You're probably seeing a response from Tom at Dynasty or at D Logics Bobby is me. You might see me on there, not nearly as much, but look up, look up both of us. And uh, as we're launching DynastyLogics.com, don't forget to check out the site. Got a couple of articles, and we'll keep uh, adding more to it. So, yeah, we got I'm we got some to... we got some we got some fun stuff coming up. It's been a little. Uh, uh, I've been a little bit, you know, erratic with some of that stuff. Like, but you're right on Twitter. Like, if you hit me up, uh, I'll definitely respond to you. As I've been active, no, but this is this is the part where you know you, you you know you do fantasy, you know, and then you want to help people by doing a podcast and you know trying to set up a website to help people. And I know from my point of view, I run leagues, so I'm trying to tighten up the ship, the rules to the start of the season. And then you go, oh shit! I also have teams as an owner. I got to do it. <laughs> sometimes you got, sometimes you got to step back and be like, oh, maybe I should focus on my team, right? I'm like, oh, okay. And, like and that's probably why I put the shirt on today. Which, by the way, I've owned this shirt for I don't know 10, 15 years. It's a running joke. Every time I put this shirt on, I'd be like, really? I'm like, I wouldn't put the shirt on if I didn't have as many titles and records as I did. And I only break it out using the drafts and now for podcasts because just kind that of- is that is fair. I've only seen it at the drafts until this day. This day today, Monday, August sixteenth, and we are getting ready to just roll through this day with another depth chart dandy for you. We're going defense. We're going to be talking I about some guys there. DP. Love our IDPs. And then, uh, you know, might be dabbling in some week one talk, preseason week one. We might be going all over the board here. So keep listening to us. Welcome back to another episode. I got, I got a I got a quick IDP tidbit note for you, right? Because fucking you know, love tidbits. Let's go. <laughs> you know, we played an IDP. I you know I've been playing an IDP for uh, you know 16, 17 years, right? Um, and we play full IDP, right? With like DNC tackles. But what you have to understand, and I know you run to this problem, and I've run this problem with league mates, is when newer guys get in dynasty and they get an IDP, and you try to make trades with them, it's really hard to trade guys unknown name guys right and i'm gonna i'm gonna mention a few tonight right but like sometimes like you know those newer guys only know top tier names 
Right, so Careful, folks. The right? professor is speaking. The <laughs> professor is speaking. And I'm actually going to, I'll actually give you the guy's name because this, this trade kind of happened. This situation happened two years ago. And this is a guy I really like for a sleeper safety because he had such a bad year last year. Like Seth Matt Patricia's shit show. And that's Tracy Walker, right? Tracy oh, Walker was Tracy a, right. Walker. Tracy Walker, right? Was a top five, top six safety, right? Before last year, two years before. But if you tried to trade Tracy Walker to a newer IDP guy, he would tell you, no, I, I want Adams or, or Baker or Collins. He's just as good. I don't know who he is. So just remember an IDP to understand that newer guys, when they get an IDP, they only see top tier big names. It's, you know, you have to help. Right? Instead of getting frustrated and getting mad at those guys going, this guy's worth just as much, if not more than that guy and getting mad at the guy. Why don't you help them be like, hey, all right, you like this guy. Hey, maybe you should check out these other guys, like, and see where they're at. Keep an idea, like, help guys in your league. Like, I've seen a lot of people bash people at IDP, and and guys get down on it because they don't know names and they don't hit on guys. And like, those are guys I love to help. I'm like, hey, what do you need? I'm like, hey, look at this, look at this, because IDP is tough when you get into it. Like, it definitely is like one of those things where it's a different aspect that you have to look into. For us, it's an added, you know, bonus because you know we're degenerates and we got to play both sides of the ball. <laughs> um, but, but it's fun too. And as I tell you, IDP is, you know, it's a, is one of the bigger hit rates you can get off the waiver wire. It's one of those deep dives that you can get. It's one of the biggest values you can get in dynasty. You can find IDP gem guys. You can find more undervalued, underrated, unknown guys. And me and you have made a living off of that for decades about mm -hmm. unknown guys like, you know, guys like Tracy Walk, like guys like, you know, un, unknown names, right? And, I mean, and another guy like, right? And same situation. He had a real down year, his worst fantasy year last year. And, you know, he's a valued guy if he produces like he should. And that's Corey Littleton, right? Similar situation, right? Corey Littleton was your guy. But when Corey Littleton hit and you try to trade Corey Littleton and he was a top 10 linebacker, newer guys in IDP looked at this guy like he's a top 30 linebacker because they don't know his name. So just understand that sometimes, like, I know that's a hard transition and owners get frustrated with it, but IDP is one of those things like you want to teach new people because I've seen guys get frustrated with IDP and leave leagues because of it. And that's not fun. Like you want to show them the fun side of it. And then you'll eventually get them to, to understand who the hell a guy like Tracy Walker is or Corey Littleton is like, okay, he doesn't have to be a flashy name in IDP. We talk about all the time. Sometimes situation outweighs the talent or, you know, IDP guys, are, are more guys more likely to be later round guys. Like you see a lot of IDP guys undrafted, you know, fifth round picks, like those guys happen a lot more um, than you see on offense. So, you know, that's what you can see that in position change. So Tom, all valid yeah. points, all great points. Um, my question, my first, you know, brain bust for the night is uh, if there's two sides of the ball, which side of the ball is tougher to strategize for IDP or your offensive guys. What do you mean by strategize? Like, so to me, I feel as if there's more ways in which you can play IDPs. For instance, I believe there might be a D tackle that might be a D end. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. So talking about have... position, position variance so, and stuff like that. So where I, where I really want to 
dig into is trying to help some of the listeners who may not be as familiar with uh, some of the different defenses in particular. Like, what are what are highlights? Like, if you're going after a safety, so is there a specific safety you're looking for? So you're right, and we've actually talked about this in other episodes about about tweener kind of guys, right? You can find value about guys who you know are safeties and then become linebackers, um, outside linebackers who become DNs. I don't want the DN who becomes an outside linebacker. I don't want that guy that kills them. Um, you know that's a little that's a little variance, and then you get lucky because uh, me and you were talking off the air about the tackles, and you brought up Buckner and. Uh, there's a guy I like at D tackle this year, and I liked him last year, and that's uh, Jeffrey Simmons, right? But Jeffrey Simmons is a D tackle, but he took he took most of his snaps at D end, but he qualifies for D tackle, right? So I mean, that's a guy that I, I really really like. I mean, he's the guy in a, in a good defense, and he and he plays. I forget I forget what his snap share was that. Uh, at, that last year when he played end, um, but he had, you know, 24 games, he said 89 tackles, you know, five sacks, force fumble, blah, 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 blah. But he's in really good shape and he's in a really good defense with a really good, you know, defensive hard-minded coach, a guy like Rabel who does all the X's and O's. And when I see news on a guy and I read into a guy and I said, here's a D end who plays snaps, here's a D tackle, excuse me, who plays snaps at D end. Right. It'd be the same situation. Like if you can get a guy who plays multiple positions on the line and he qualifies for DN, that's that's perfect. I mean, that goes back to you can find loopholes. Like uh, I think it was uh, I think it was Jenkins a couple of years ago. He was playing safety, but they had him listed as a corner. Right? You can find those. Those are a handful a year. You can find those guys, and it'll take MFL a couple of weeks if they do update them because. A lot of times these teams will start them at that position, but they'll play seventy percent of the snaps somewhere else. And so that's a bonus for you. Like that's kind of like those are the values that me and you have found over the years is those guys who play different positions, but they classify there. That's the good part. The shitty part is when you have a D end and then September he gets adjusted to an outside linebacker and he comes useless to you. Like, or the D tackle moves to D, you know, the D tackle who's 300 pounds is a D end. I'm like, oh God, he's not going to get enough volume out there. So uh, it's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, and you mentioned Buckner a little bit earlier. Buckner came in as a D end. Buckner yes. then got bumped to D tackle, but was still playing D end or D tackle, and he's just been an absolute nightmare. Yes. And, you know, so uh, yeah, so I mean, they're basically the reverse. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to comp him to Donald, but you know, he's got the similar situation where Donald will be a tackle, but he lines up all over the line. Like, if you can find a tackle who moves all over the line and still qualifies as tackle, like that's the loophole you want. Like, you want the corner who plays safety, but he's a corner. Like, that's just extra bonus points you can find. You know, weird little shit. You know, if you don't know the guy's name, like the guy starts. When we talk about corners, like you want the. You know, you want the non-known corner. Like, you want that non-known guy. You can find situations, right? You can, And what you mentioned about situations, um, the first thing that came to mind to me between IDP and offense is matchups. And someone asked me this the other day. In Dynasty, I don't play matchups in offense. And I probably could. Most people can't. Like, you don't have that kind of depth to be a, to really play that kind of matchup game, right? On the defensive side of the ball, I try to do that, 
right? I'm not, I, I rotate the tackles. My, I might have a, a, an open DN spot. So maybe I, I, I go pick up an end because the left tackles out and I go get that end. Right. Maybe I, maybe I see a matchup against someone's playing against Tampa. Right. I'm like, all right, I want the corner who's playing against the bucks. I'm like, who's this scrub was the number two corner. I'm going to get that guy this week. Right. Or my, my super dick move is like just taking a couple of Monday night guys just to be that guy. That's like the Monday night corner <laughs> who might win the game for you or just torture someone of your plans to make them wait. You can have fun. <laughs> IDP is more fun because you can do shit like that. Like you can, I mean, in the offseason, to me, corners and D tackles, you can kind of rotate them. I mean, we play, we play two of each. So I'm like, yeah, I like to have one and then kind of rotate the other spot on matchups. I mean, you would never try to do that on like, you know, running backs. You can, Running backs, you can do it a little bit, but you're going to have the depth. In IDP, you can, you can pick up these guys. They're available. So if you were to have a baseline for your defensive players, I'm going to uh, to just come out and say what my baseline is, and I want to see kind of where you fall. My baseline is I want an IDP ball player who is going to just be a ball hawk. Wherever the ball is, he's making a hit, right? I want a guy who who's on the higher side of tackles. That's the first thing I'm really – diving in on more of a tackle base. And then, you know, if he just so happens to be the IDP ball player, who's also more likely to get interceptions. Great. But I think interceptions are the variables that are a little more difficult to, to really, to add into your, into your calculations with these ding, guys. Ding, ding, ding. That's why, that's why I never hold on to corners in the off season. Like I just picked up two. I mean, I had one, I picked up like a month ago. So I'll talk about in a few minutes. Um, actually I'll talk about my corners now. Cause I have two corners that I was going to mention the deeper corners that are unknown. Well, before Go you ahead. talk about them, yeah. what so, is that? Is that your only baseline is just, you know, so, tackles so or. So my, my, my baseline, right. I'll break it down easy for your baseline. Like if I was doing a startup draft, right. And I was just doing IDP, right. I would tell you, I would, I would, I would go linebacker, linebacker, top safety, linebacker, linebacker, safety. Right. And then I would go everywhere else. Right. For me, that's the core. I want four really good linebackers and I want two really good safeties. I mean, we play four linebackers and two safeties. So that's that defense, but, and I want safer guys. So my baseline when it comes to like, you know, linebackers is I want more middle inside linebackers than outside. The outside linebacker is the guy who has, you know, position varied. The variable on the defensive coordinator will change some of those people. I mean, there's exceptions. I mean, there's some really good outside linebackers. David Lavatain seems like he's playing league 30 years. Plays great out there. But then you got guys like Chandler Jones, who's a linebacker, DN, linebacker, DN. Top five player as a DN. As a linebacker, eh, I mean... Um, there's a bunch of really good impact guys like that. Like the guy from the Broncos used to be like that. Um, your boy Mac, right? Mac has that problem. Like he lines up at linebacker. So he's useless as a linebacker. Like he's just not going to get the volume. As a linebacker, I want tackles. I want volume. Uh, the safe play on linebacker is you want the middle inside. If you want the guy getting the snaps, you want the dream dot guy is the safe play. Right? And then you can, I want at least two of those guys. And then if you want to get explosive playmakers, you want to get a guy like, you know, maybe like a, uh, I don't know, um, well, somebody would upset. As you're thinking of those guys that, that could jump in, why don't you jump over to corner? Corner, good circle back. I like that. Um, so, yeah, I don't keep corners in the offseason. I never do. Um, I'll track a couple, and I, and I try to take shots, and I'll play matchup. 
Um, I did find two corners I liked, so I, I, I have picked him up. Um, one of them, I liked him last year, but he just didn't get the snap share as a rookie. It was Legarius Sneed, and I've mentioned him before. A corner for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a guy I want. Right? He played he played nickel corner a lot last year. Um, he actually had really, really good numbers when he played. Right? And he could jump up and be the number two corner on that team. On a team, on an offense that good, where teams are going to be behind, yeah, I want one of those corners. Uh, by sheer volume, I kind of want one of those corners. Especially a team like that where they don't really have big-name corners. Am I saying he's a lock? No, because he's a project I'm kind of hoping for, but he definitely produces. He definitely has numbers where he's a viable number two corner. Um, and corners change every year. Like, the situation changes. Like, the guy, the other corner I just picked up um, about a week ago, and that's uh, Ankilo Witherspoon. <laughs> And Love where it. is Mr. Witherspoon? Because I can almost assure you, nobody on this program knows who that guy is. You, almost you nobody. You, you will, because he is the number one corner right now for the Seattle Seahawks. Right? This is why you don't need to hold on to corners, because you can find guys like this. Another, you know, situation where Seattle and that secondary, like, the corners are in flux right now. Right? But if this guy is the number one corner... And what you just said is like, who is this guy? Like, if you don't know this guy, I'm sure the other quarterback's going, who the fuck is this guy? I'm throwing at this dude all day long. And honestly, that's the thing about corner is like, and we'll talk about like guy like Eli Apple, right? Guy couldn't tackle shit, but he was awesome. Awesome as fantasy. Like, I, I don't care if you suck. I honestly don't care if they keep throwing at you. As long as you keep starting out there and getting on the field, that's volume. Like, that's, that's volume I want. I want you know, them to throw at you. And that's why I like those top corners are not very good. When we go back to the same, you know, the old champ Bailey thing, like useless, like nobody's throwing at them. Like you're not going to, you're not going to throw at those guys. Like you want the number two corner, you know, on, on a good team. Like that's why, you know, our number one corner, like that's why like a guy like, you know, with a spoon on Seattle, you know, that's a good team who can score. Teams will have to be behind. They'll have to throw the ball, Kansas city. That's an, you know, if you want to look for a corner who's cheap, find the number two corner on a high scoring offense. Like, you can go find those guys and they'll get tackles. Like they'll get enough tackles um, to find them. And also the rookies, like you can go get one of the six, 12 rookies that came out this year and probably play almost all of those guys. And you just, you just picked up, you know, you just picked up one of them today and he looked good the other day, right? Who was the guy you just picked up? So I'm actually going to pause that thought for a second and make sure that I highlight something you just said, because I think it's something that needs to be heard a little bit more. Sweet. So, when you're talking about corners, specifically corners on high-scoring uh, offenses, they have to throw the ball. And to your point, I think it's one of the uh, – if you're playing catch-up, the corners are inevitably going to be getting more looks. So, uh, you know, corners that I, I am intrigued with on a year-by-year -year basis are high-drafted rookies because – there's a hot, there's more of a potential for them to hit the field on the sooner side because the team made it a priority to sign these guys knowing that they could play. So I'll take you over to LA real quick and let you know that I picked up Asante Samuel, his son. <laughs> plays play, play similar. Plays he plays similar like his father too. He plays play he plays similar too. That's that's scary. And I like that pickup. And and that and you're right, that's two sides of the coin. Like and that's funny because, like, those are the two things. And this is why 
uh, corner is the position where if you want to play matchups all season, and I usually do, if my if these corners don't work out, I can just swap them out and pick up new ones because you can always find corners. You can always find corners. I mean, just just thirty two teams. Just, you, you know, most of those two starting corners you can play. There's a lot of corners in the league you can play, and you can play matchup. Corners one of the positions you can easily play matchup against a good offense. And that's the other good thing that Bobby just said. That's perfectly like, go get those high profile rookies that come in. And they start, and the teams pick on them. And if they're good, they'll get tackles for about two years, and then teams won't throw at them anymore. So there's two sides of that because you either take the big-name guys, the big-name rookies who come out, right? Those guys have definite targets right, to go get in the offseason and try to start and see what they do. Or you go get the weird guys like I'm talking about and Witherspoon and Sneed who are unknown guys. I like the corner who nobody knows because that means that he's probably going to get thrown at <laughs> just to be tested, right? But again, that's easy, cheap for, you know, new RIDP guys get corners on good offenses. Easy enough, you know? So, when, in doubt, when in doubt, take the corners on Monday night to have fun. <laughs> I'm going to have, I'm going to jump back off. into the time. I'm going to jump in my DeLorean real quick one more time and uh, I'll let you know that I went ahead and drafted uh Patrick Sertain. Actually, I picked him up off the wires. He was one of my first wave of claims. Patrick Sertain, the second in Denver. Yeah, yeah. Another guy I think is just going to have an opportunity uh, early and potentially often, um, especially if there's a there are packages where you know they're playing. You know, you go into a nickel package, and all of a sudden Sertain's getting. Um, you know, more looks or uh, there's another reason why I was looking at Denver a little bit closer this year um, and that their linebacking situation is an absolute disaster. There are so many potential options that can do well. Uh, it's just a matter of which one is it going to be? Is it going to be my buddy Browning? Is it going to be uh, the next guy that I picked up, which was, Justin Stranad. He's ahead of uh he's ahead of Browning <laughs> nice. right now. It's behind um Josie Jewell over at uh over at inside linebacker, but also Alexander Johnson. I mean, between the two of them, I I honestly think Stranad and Browning can both be the inside linebackers in the next two years. Um but I'm I'm really curious as to how this defense as collective shapes up. I think they have a lot of young potential. Um, and Stranad, you don't you, most people won't know who he is simply because he wasn't on anybody's radar. He got drafted last year, later round capital. I want to say it was like fifth round, and then he got injured right during training camp. So while he was making a little bit of noise in training camp and became another depth chart. Danny, he just hurts himself and is now out for the season. What does he do? He comes back and continues to impress. So I'm convinced there's a lot, a lot of ambiguity. So as we've talked about ambiguous situations at a running back position, I'm going to transfer that knowledge and bring it over to the defensive side. Hundred percent. And look for that's a hundred percent, dude. That's that's great. Yeah, and you're right. Like that's exactly what you look at. Like when you find guys like that. I remember you called me. Like I picked this guy up. I'm like you own him and Browning. I'm like, why not? I'm like again. We've talked about it. I'm on offense about teams like Jacksonville and like the Texans. Like when teams change over everything on the team, like 
you don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like you don't, you, you know, you have an idea. Fine. You can, you can look at coaches, what they did in the past. So you can get an idea of the scheme, but like, yeah, this time of year, when you hear notes on guys, like maybe some guy you didn't know got hurt last year. They really liked, and they, you know, planned on putting him in the job as soon as he got healthy and learned the plays. Like, absolutely. And un- unknown, that's the situation. And we've talked about it before, like, even if he isn't the most talented, like, you know, maybe he's the guy who fits that spot. I think it's Browning. I think it's BB in that spot. I'm not a Jewel fan, so that's that's why. But yeah, that's that's a that's a great spot. Like, and you can find guys like that. Like, that's the other thing is like, there's a lot of teams who you can. The number two linebacker is very is is a very you know fantasy worthy guy. There's a lot of number two linebackers on a team. Guy we reference all the time, David Lavontaine, technically the number two guy in that team now, right? Produces very fine, right? I mean. Actually loops me around because I have a nice number two guy that I like, right? Who actually will produce better this year um, on Indy, and that's uh, that's Bobby OK. I'm not going to pronounce his his name. I'm going <laughs> to give him Bobby OK. Right? That's 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 what I that's my that's what I do. That's you know I could I could have called him Bo, but I want Bobby OK way better. Um, but he's a guy. Last year when injuries happened, he stepped in and he played and he played well. He played like real well. And again, he's a guy who who is buried, right? But most of the depth left on Indy, right? So it's basically it's basically just him and uh, um, what, what's what's uh, God? I can't remember his name. That never is owned, never own the no, dudes. No, that well. no, that is Darius Leonard that you're yeah. trying to Thank come you, up sorry. with. Who's it was Leonard? It was Leonard and Walker was beside him last year, right? And Walker's gone, right? So, so you've got Leonard at the will, yep, and you have. Uh, Bo at, at, at your true middle. Yep. So that that's that's how it is on paper. Now it's a matter of how is it going to 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 shake up. And Leonard's still going to be the guy who is uh, making a lot of noise. But I think to your point, it's a great pickup. Um, and and okay. I mean, that, you look at it like you know. But I look at that like what you just said is like you know what's what's going to happen. Like I honestly probably don't care what's going to happen because again I'll reference Tampa. But like those two linebackers, whatever they play in the field, it doesn't matter because they're always in the field, right? And a lot of teams will play like if you have if a team plays you know four three you know whatever they play, you know a lot of times they go nickel diamond and linebackers come off. But if those two linebackers stay on the field. That's that's hugely important. Like that's massively important when that second linebacker stays on the field, and like that's what you want. You can find you know hidden guys like that where it, it's different. Like I mean, Pittsburgh just became like that, right? Because um, uh, Schobert just went there, and they got Watt, and they have uh, what's his name coming Bush. back from injury. There, they got Bush, right? So I mean, they're going to be they're probably going to produce you know at least two linebackers out of that spot. So I mean, it, it happens. Um, it happens for a lot of teams, unless you're the Patriots, and it usually it never happens. But I'm um, <laughs> I'm gonna stay in Pittsburgh before we jump over to New England real quick, because Alex Highsmith, second year linebacker, uh, will be at the Sam, uh, so we'll continue to be on that strong side. Um, you know, there's gonna be a little more. A uh, little more movement and what Highsmith will he got, do. He got he got, he got screwed hosed. in the situation. I'm he actually really pissed about yeah. that, but I also yeah. think it's he, a fantastic a ad for Bush. Um, I, I think that defense just is. If there was one guy that I, I think it really hurt, it was uh, it's it Robert Splani or something like that. 
uh, who's more of a depth linebacker than anything else. Oh, but dude, that guy, he, that, that guy's, that guy's, that guy, that guy's, he's lunch pail. That guy's lunch pail. He just shows up and plays like nothing flashy, nothing solid, but he just, that's a guy. Every no, but team he has. plays. Like he just comes in and plays. And, yeah, he and, plays. And he plays. That, and Absolutely. that's why I like play, the guy comes more in. than anything. Um, yeah. And I think that's where, I, you know what? I, I would think love that's that where it ends up. Yeah, Bush, I'm sorry. What about Bush? point is right. Dude, Matt, uh, imagine, imagine this. If they put, if Watt played true end, they put Watt at end. And, and and Bush and Schobert with the linebackers, you'd have that same situation I'm talking about in like Tampa, same situation like Indy, where you'd have two linebackers. Just like Buffalo has that same kind of situation. You know, there's I was a lot of teams to talk about two linebackers who go out there. Uh, it's my favorite two in the uh, in the NFL. Go ahead. It's my favorite two. In I know. The NFL. I led you right that into it. Is uh, that is Matt Tell Milano and Tremaine Edmonds? Um, if one Milano is, value city. Oh, all day. If if he's breaking up, uh, if Edmonds is for whatever reason being, um, you know, chop blocked or just kind of in the scrum, it's gonna be Milano on the other side. You want to talk about just natural ball hawks? It doesn't matter where these two position; they are flying across the field. Uh, as a Patriot fan, uh, I actually. Don't enjoy seeing them on the opposite side of the field. Uh, when I am cheering for them in any other scenario, though, they're, I mean, these are two that you could play if you were to have them both comfortably every week. And you can't say that about many in the league. But both of them, I believe, almost had 100 tackles apiece last year. That's just, that's, yeah. your boys are hungry. Yeah. It's insanity. But I will tell so, you on, on, um, on my quest, for uh on my quest to find 2.0 you have one half of this but patrick queen also has a malik harrison on the other side of him and i am very intrigued with that scenario um i think harrison has the ability to continue to make uh more noise he's, he's going to be a three down back as well and i think uh if anything it might actually hurt a queen owner but I believe Harrison is uh, is going to make more noise than I, right. I, I, I like, think many I like, are. I like I like the name drop. I, I do, and I and I like I like that. It's a it's a it's a good call. Except I have two problems with it. First of all, there's no fucking way he takes anything away from Queen. So that we'll throw that we'll throw that one out the window. My second problem is is Baltimore is one of those teams that produces a lot of two quality fantasy producing linebackers. But you're right. The problem with him, and you call him a three-hour linebacker, is his coverage. Like maybe he stays on the field and he's the middle inside linebacker. And you know, we'll we'll reference the Patriots because we have Patriots fan is maybe he's a you know Dante Hightower. Right? He stays in the field, but you know, he's not gonna produce a lot, you know, and that's where the variance is. Like basically to sum up what we're going into here with these number two linebackers, is you can find number two linebackers who are not high profile names who produce just as well as some of the other ones. And that's why, like, when I said if I was going to go out there and get linebackers, I'm going to go get take two top ones early. But then I can find other ones. Like K.J. Wright, like, how many years did K.J. Wright produce, right, as a number two linebacker, right? We've seen it for a long time. Like, I, But it is certain teams. You definitely have to know, like, but it's not stuff you have to dig into. Like, you know, yeah, defensive coordinators change, but you can read like they're changing defense. But you don't have to know the scheme too much. You can look at numbers. 
Like you can look at the team and look be like, oh, the last like three years, oh, they produced a guy who got 70 tackles and a guy who got 85 tackles for the last three years. Well, that tells me that they, that's a team I should look at for the number two linebacker, right? Or you look in the fluctuation, right? You look in that whatever, like the Denver, like you look at something like that. Um, I think even Jacksonville now falls in that with that Miles Jack and then goddamn shit show of like who the hell's going to play where on that team. Um, you can so you so can who find is you know, going to play there weird spots who, like that number two linebacker. Who who are you keying keying in over there with Miles so I, Jack I, right now? I do this subconsciously circle back because my next two guys are going to talk about a both on this fucking team. <laughs> <laughs> and they both have the same upside and the same problem that I, that we began this episode with. Right. And that's Hassan Reddick. Right. And fucking Chase Young. Right. K. Levon Chase Young. Right. Right. Second year player. Reddick, everyone should know. These two have the same upside and the same problem. Right now, they're defensive ends on NFL. And if they stay at defensive ends, you want these two fucking guys. Concern is they both play in linebacker. So if they get moved to outside linebacker, have a nice day. Right? And they have a good end on the other side of that. Right? And besides, you know, jacket linebacker, I don't think they have a viable number two linebacker, which makes me like a guy like Reddick more, especially if he stays at end. Um, because they don't really have anyone that that I love. Um, the one guy I like is is a deep deep guy who might flash if he gets a chance, and that's Quincy Williams. Right. I just like the talent. I like the production, but I honestly don't know because they got a bunch of guys there. Like a, and again, that's a that's a new system, new team. I'm not throwing a lot of stock into it. I'm not going to pay a high profile you know price for this. Like I, I don't. These are just names thrown out there, but. You know, it's funny, you know, especially like, you know, Chase Young and Reddick, like those are guys who are like my red flag guys and my value guys. And that's the only, well, that's the only trick in IDP that you got to really pay attention to. That's, that could really like, and I've seen it, you've seen it, it frustrates owners when a guy is a D end and then all of a sudden he gets switched to fucking linebacker and he's basically becomes useless. Like he's, he's useless because he's not going to get the volume of other linebackers. Like he's just not going to get the tackle volume that you're going to need at that position. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's what you hope for, but you can play that game. Like that's, you know, and that's the thing that we point out, we talk about, like find the variance, find that loophole, right? Find the loophole. I mean, I, I mean, I commissioned a lot of leagues and I had somebody call me last week about a, a rule violation. They thought there was, I said, technically there's no rule for that one. So it's technically a loophole. And I don't have a problem with you finding loopholes. If nobody complains about it and it doesn't hurt the league or anybody else, that's fine. And in fantasy, that's what makes you smart. Like find a guy who could, who could everyone thinks he's a linebacker, but you see he, he it's you know they made him a D end, you know maybe that's your hit rate, like that's your score, like you know. And me and you have had a huge hit rate, and we've talked about many times about safeties moving to linebackers, right? And, and those are very similar, which is funny because my boy Adams wants to be paid because he plays linebacker. God, if he <laughs> he would actually, uh, that would actually be really, really, really funny. Did you see that? He was like, if they tag me again, I'm going to show them I'm a linebacker, not a safety. Speaking of safeties, speaking of safeties, because I I led led with with my one Tracy Walker, right? But now I'm going to give you two. I'm going to to give you two more rebound safeties, right? One's a rebound, but you all should. 
What? You don't want to go there? You don't want to go my oh, rebound no. safety? So, so not only did I, I, I want you to talk about these rebound guys, but I, I feel like there, there's more linebackers to be had because there's always well, there's more always linebackers. linebackers. I, I, just, I just don't have enough. I don't have fucking room. There's not enough room in the roster. I mean, there is linebackers like kind of like wide. They're kind of like wide. You know, they're like wide receiver except they play more. I mean, and that's why I said like you can find linebackers throughout the year because guys hurt and you know guys gotta come in. And unlike a wide receiver where the guy comes in and he can't catch and they just take him out to the field and he sucks. If the linebacker, like, you know, is bad in coverage, but they don't have anybody else, like, he has to stay on the field. Like, it's not, it's not really an option. Like, no one else knows the plays. Like, they can't just call some guy on the couch who doesn't know the plays. Like, it's, it's a different situation. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. We could talk linebackers for three days. So, we'll, we'll bounce around, take my lead in. And one of these guys is yours, right? One of the guys is a layup, but I brought him up. And I've tried to acquire him, and I'm curious if people remember how good this guy is when he plays, when he plays. And that's Derwin James. All right, it's Derwin James. If you can go get Derwin James from a guy who doesn't believe he can stay healthy or doesn't understand how talented he is, please do that. He's worth the risk. That said, he is a risk. Right? He is. But the upside, ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Right? I mean, so he's a guy who we both love. And he le- and he leads into the second guy before you even make a point because the second guy is very very similar except he's produced at least for many years before he's been hurt the last couple of years, and that's another one of our favorite linebackers, Landon Collins, another guy you can get into value who gets a little underrated because he got hurt last year, right? It's the old adage saying that a friend of ours always says, people always overlook the people who got hurt last year because what have you done for me lately? That's what people see. Well, he didn't do anything last year. Hey, he was hurt. Did you look at the last three, four years before that? Shit, you must have missed that train, huh? Good, I'll take that value. Well, guys get, you know, guys in leagues, we have guys in leagues who like, I don't want this guy who always gets hurt. Okay, I'll, I'll take that risk or he doesn't play. Okay, I'll take that risk. Like, these are guys unknown. Those are, those are three perfect guys. Like, you know, Derwin James, you know, a, a guy who gets hurt and comes back. Collins, hurt, comes back. These guys are all pro talents. And then, you know, a guy like Tracy Walker in a, you know, defense situation where they switch him back to free safety where he was so dominant two years ago. Like that, these are free guys that you can find Well, not free Walker. You can get cheap, but the other two, you might be able to get a deal on someone's team. Like they might not know again, you know, they're just, you know, remember they still play. These guys are still good. (laughs) And as much as I love, I love safeties. um, I have a safety of mine who I've mentioned on numerous occasions, and I believe it's approaching official time. But my uh, my favorite safety, who is now a linebacker, is Keanu Neal. He's actually at the middle uh, linebacker right now. So, and the other guy who just so happened to be filling in. That team is going to kill us. it really is going to pull my hair out and it has so much talent. What, the, what the fuck is Dallas doing? What the fuck are they, what the fuck are they doing? They're, they're doing their best, uh, you know, beaker impersonation and just saying, fuck it. We're going to throw it all against the wall, see what sticks. And what's going to end up happening is there's going to be some sort of massive explosion um, that, Gets me Jabril Cox and Keanu Neal with all of the tackles on that whole team. I mean, that's that's how that's going to work yeah, out, right? It's not right. going to be Parsons. That's, it's, that's, not gonna be, it's not going to be. It's not going to be Van Der Esch. You know, you know, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you led right to my point. Like, I'm the guy getting fucked, and Van Der Esch is the guy getting fucked. I mean, which which I knew that after they basically didn't pick up his option and drafted Parsons, and then go get you know, then sign Neil, and then go get Cox. I'm like, oh, okay, this is a little overkill. And like, and this is what I've actually told people. Speaking of Parsons, and, and I love Parsons. Like Parsons is great, but you know, people have asked me about him. I said, just curb expectations for him year one. Right? I'm not saying that because he's he's not good. I'm just saying that because, like, Van Der Esch is still there. Like, I believe mm-hmm. he's going to be awesome next year when Van Der Esch walks, and they clean that up a little bit. Because I believe they have another linebacker who's really good there, and Jalen Smith, too. The, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. That, that guy's still you, there, too. Right? If you want to yeah. talk he, about a guy He's who, the number one linebacker, too. If you want to talk about a guy who, who should <laughs> just a, say, I need a new contract, it's Jalen Smith. Just, just bounce. Jordan Hicks is getting burnt right now. Jalen Jalen Smith is getting burnt right now. You've got plenty of other teams that could utilize these linebackers in a way, but they what I think they're tied to I too much Smith money at this fine. point. Actually, I think Smith is the only one who's not expected. I think Smith is the only one who doesn't affect it. Smith just comes in and does what he does. He does what he does. He's very solid. You know, knows the system. He, he's, he's a reliable guy. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, Parsons is is replacing, you know, Van Der Esch. But then you throw in like the wild card, like a guy like Neil, you know, who I think they're trying. I honestly, I think Neil will play safety. Uh, I think they're playing a lot of linebacker to see what kind of coverage they can run and mm-hmm. like see how much they can put him up in the box and drop him back a little bit. And I think that's why they're using right now. You're seeing a lot of him and Cox because they're trying to figure out what the role is with those two, like what the role is, like what they're going to do. Because you're right. Because you look at it like. None of those guys are really true inside linebackers, right? Nope. I mean, Smith's not, Parsons not, Van Der Esch. None of those guys are true inside linebackers, right? They're, they're all very good linebackers, right? But they're not true inside linebackers. Um, but your guy is. Cox is actually the guy He's who going is to a true Bill inside Cox linebacker. Is. So and I think that's what they're doing is they're trying to figure out what they have up the middle I'm like, because Van Der Esch is gone. They didn't pick him as option, so he's gone next year. Um, so I think they're trying to figure out what they're going to do at the middle. I think Smith stays fine. But I tell you, like, temper a little bit of expectation for Parsons this year. Like, don't be bummed out. Uh, on the flip side, I'm like, when Parsons has a air quote down year to what people thought, go buy his ass. Yes. Because that's all the reason go buy. aren't going to be as good as people think. They're not going to be as good because they don't, they obviously don't pay attention. Like, if they're not paying attention to little news like we're talking about, that's a guy. Uh, that's a guy I'm definitely trying to buy up this season because everyone thinks Parsons is going to be so good. And I think he is, but not this year. Not with that fucking mess. Like they, they have tackle, which is funny because their secondary is like a shit show, but they got all these linebackers. So that's why I think Neil will slide back a little bit more because I think he'll have to be. But I I, I, I agree with you. Like there's so much talent. Like that's a dynasty treasure trove. Like a guy like Cox, a perfect guy. Like taxi squad, see what happens next year. It's perfect because Van Der Esch walks, fucks me. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's just, that's just what it's not because he's going to land on. doesn't make sense to like, you know. Van Der Esch is still a dynasty hold, though. Is it, I'm not, there's, by no stretch of the imagination, are you angry with his performance, his ability, wherever he ends up going next? Unless he stays, that's the only possible oh, situation. Oh, 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 no, you're wrong. Oh, no, I have been upset and disappointed with his performance, like staying on the field. And then when he came back, first year is really good, and he's been. Eh, he's been so so, and again, I think that's why Dallas didn't pick up their option. I believe they really wanted him to play a little, try to teach him middle inside linebacker a little bit more, and they realized that 
it's not really working out, and they're like, fuck it, he can't, so they go get Parsons, who really can't eat. I mean, Parsons could, but that's where I like, I mean, I would love that. If they, you know, Smith and Parsons on the outside and Neil or Cox up the middle, 4-3, that would that would you know that's that's where I think Neil would have to go behind. You put Cox in the middle, All right? That's how I'd run it. And they have some safety protection a little bit over the top in the box, but you know, yeah, that's a team where I'm like, okay, that's a stash team. That's a, that's that's a that was a great pick by Cox. Is a good spot he fell in, and people think that's a bad spot for him. And again, you're not looking further. I mean, we've had this talk on on Dallas. Dallas has a bunch of situations like that. Like people laugh. I'm like, you know, CD Lamb was great last year, but I CD Lamb was my number one wide receiver going into last year. And he is my top five in my dynasty rankings because of the fact that people don't look beyond that. Like, I think they get out of Cooper after this year, but you, it's dynasty. You got to look beyond that. Like, you got to hope a guy walks. Like, you, you got to try to, you know, play chess. You got to look two years ahead. You got to look to next year about, you know, getting a guy and waiting on a guy and, and, and holding on. You should take shots. Like, you know, and these are situations you could, but you see this shit show transition. I, I personally am probably out on Dallas after Banderas leaves. I'm, I don't think I want any Dallas guys on defense, and I don't think I will. This is too much of a rotating fucking shit show. Look, uh. that's that's completely fair. <laughs> and if you'd like to have a conversation about another ambiguous shit show, I'm gonna bring you all the way over to Cincinnati real quick. Uh, and at that linebacking situation, you got Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, Wilson, uh, Wilson. but you have also. It'll be Pratt. It'll be Pratt, though. It'll be boring Pratt. Yeah, well, lunch that's pail. where like, I He's think another one. He's lunch pail guy. That's where you and I are going to firmly disagree. There's a second year oh, no. Akeem uh, Davis Gator yeah, that I think has the ability to overtake anybody on that, on that linebacking core and actually become a fixture on that defense and be the guy. So it looks like you want to ask me something about this man, though. It's not that I want to ask you. And the reason why I said it's, it's, it's going to be Pratt again is because Pratt is, is lunch pail. Pratt knows the plays. Pratt's smart. He doesn't make huge you know, plays, but he doesn't make mistakes. And you're right. They do have talent. I like Wilson. And I, I like your uh, jumpy fucking gathers two guy. Um, the problem I have with them is I don't think they're true inside linebackers. I, I I don't. I don't think he's a true middle inside linebacker. And I honestly, like, I think they want Wilson to be, but then they moved him over the field last year. But they seem to do, they honestly, like, I go back to it because the Patriots are any reference for us, but it's almost like Pratt's like the the Dante Hightower. He just stays in the field in the middle because he calls the plays. He's smart. He knows, he knows where to be, you know, nothing flashy. And like, there's a lot of teams who have linebackers. There's a lot of teams who have one linebacker or like none. Like Kansas City doesn't have any that well, well, they got a couple upside, but they have nobody that you would start right now, right? I mean, this team is is the variant, so that's and I agree with you that it is a shit show, and I, I'm I would say it's Wilson if I was going to own someone in Dynasty, but like uh, you know, Jumpy Gathers too there is a good is a, is another good guy I like. I just don't know if they play middle. If that changes and one of them gets the middle inside linebacker job, absolutely. But from what I've seen over the last couple of years with that defense. It seems like the middle inside linebacker guy who takes most of the snaps on the field most for that team is the lunch pail motherfucker. And I love those guys, but they're not fantasy great, right? But they're fun football guys that you want. Fantasy-wise, eh. 
right? I mean, Bobby would probably argue back if he didn't, if he unmuted his mic. He'd care, but he'd just be like ripping his fucking me a new asshole with my lunch bell guy. I totally am, by the way. And thank you for letting me know that I was I know on you mute. Are. But okay. one of the main well. reasons why I think Jumpy McJumpenstein will end up taking <laughs> taking a nice big bite out of this we defense do. is your highest tackler on that defense is Von Bell, the safety. That's your high he, – he averages seven tackles a game. So that's Either, been the high tackle guy for the last five years in that team has been the safety. And that's a problem. That tells me that your linebackers as a collective can't step up and do their job. Could could you remember the last middle inside linebacker, kind of talent linebacker they actually had? Consistent? Wasn't like that a flash? But if he wasn't a shithead, it would have been Burfus or whatever. Persif. That would have been that would have been oh, the yeah, last right. guy. Per- perfect. He didn't play middle, did he? I thought he played outside. He, he was the only on the well, he was the only yeah, animal right. on the field. He was the only one. He was, also, he was the only one on the field. You're right. I mean, right. he was he was a fantastic ball player. He was just a shithead off the field and on the field. He's the reason why So Go ahead. So combined, what basically what we're trying to what we're trying to tell you is track the Bengals linebacker situation because it's definitely worth watching. Right, we're both right. Like I would tell you this: if if if, if Wilson or Jumpy McJumpenstein here like gets the middle end time linebacker job, I want him. If you need a bye week fill in off the waiver wire, fine, throw in Pratt. But like I'm not starting Pratt every week. And I lo- like I said, I love guys like that. Like guys like that are awesome to me because those are true football players, and I love those guys. You need those guys. Like lunch bell guys just come in, make tackles, don't do anything flashy. And like I said, not every team has you know huge producing linebackers numbers and the Bengals don't. So why not chase somebody, you know, chase a team like that for free, like track those situations where like they don't have anyone out there. So like maybe you can get a free start linebacker. Like me and you did it for years with the Rams, right? We chased that for years, right? I did it with Mark Barron, right? Cause they didn't have one. He became their middle inside linebacker. He was really good for two years. Then Corey Littleton came out of nowhere. You had him for two years, right? I'm mm-hmm. hoping now with Ernest Jones this year, Right, that I've been pounding that one for years because of that same situation. Like they seem to be chasing and looking for like a, a middle inside linebacker, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to chase with them. You know, we've done it with teams where you know we talk about Green Bay. We did it for years. Blake Martinez, like that's where you can get kind of free guys. You don't have to know shit. Like that's where a guy like Ernest Jones, who I got late, who I really liked because I, I think he can get the starting job and play a middle inside linebacker on a team. Like even if he's not you know, the best of all the linebackers that came out, he's landed a really good spot. And that's what matters sometimes more than anything else, especially in IDP. Like I want snaps. I want playing time. I want on the field. You're right. Like, so, you know, go, go, go jumpy McJump. I'm like, I'm, I'm all in. I'm, I'm all in. Like, and you know what, you know, what's great about that one is like, if you read anything on the Bengals, right. The guy they tell you to pick up be Wilson. Right. So, you know, basically we do here and we do it all the time on the show. Is we always tell you the second cheaper guy, right? Yeah, Wilson. I like Wilson. I think he's talented. I think he's great. They could win the job. But there's another guy who could do the same shit and he's just cheaper, right? And that's that's what we preach on the show. Preach value. Preach. Hey, you can try to get this guy too. Like this guy might hit. Like just in the offseason. Like what's Jumpy going to cost me? Garbage. He's probably available everywhere. Like he's going to be available. I've dropped him and picked him up and dropped him again because I was looking for potential opportunities for. Uh, other positions 
Uh, it's not because I wanted to drop them. It's because I had roster needs elsewhere. Uh, that said, though, as I keep monitoring his progress, uh, I'm doing my best to make sure that I'm the first one to make sure he's back on my roster. Um, one of the main reasons why I keep looking for guys in ambiguous situations is because as I'm spending more capital, as I'm building my roster elsewhere, I'm now looking for ambiguous situations elsewhere to pick up and places like Denver, places like Cincinnati. Ambiguity. These are, you know, we will continue to drive home ambiguous situations. The difference is we're going to look a little bit deeper to show you where that ambiguous guy is that should be surfacing for you. So, um, you know, Bonnie Rice. I'll keep talking yes. about him Ambi- until, ambiguous, until we're done. Ambiguous with, with, a, with a grain of salt, though. I know, I know you will. We'll put it in perspective. Like, and we, we talk about all the time about ambiguous situations, and because these are really good points with linebackers, right? But there are exceptions to the rule, right? And it's funny how this show has become like reference back to the Patriots, but they're, they're one of those reference teams, like even like Kansas City. You know, they're a good team to chase, like, you know, a Willie Gay, I like there. Um, um, Bolton, I like there. Do you um, like Willie but Gay? That's still? a wait and see. Do you still like uh, Willie well, Gay they, there? They, uh, why, why would I? Yeah. Absolutely. I was just, absolutely. Like, just more so curious yeah, I, because I, I think Gay and, Gay and Bolt know their future. I think those are the two guys they want in their future up in the middle. Uh, Gay, Gay can roam around a little bit and Bolton just blasts everyone up the middle and just lights up everybody up the middle. Um, so, but that's the team we're chasing. But, you know, there's, there's teams where you can look at history of do they produce linebackers? And sometimes teams don't produce linebackers because they haven't hit on some. And sometimes they do because of weird variants. Like, and sometimes it's not the most talented guy. Like, you know, it, it, the Patriots, for example, like a guy like Hightower, he's never produced a lot of tackles, but like the guy next to him produces tackles. Well, this guy produces tackles. Like, and you can look at this stuff. Like, it's not hard. Like, IDP isn't overwhelming. Look at it like offense. It's the same thing. Like, when you look at wide receivers and you're like, oh, you know, how many targets did he get the last two years? You can look at IDP and look at the linebacker and be like, you can see how many tackles he got. And you can find out how many snaps he got. You know, you can, you can see that stuff and, and that's what you can go on and be like, oh, well, that number two linebacker was getting like 80 tackles a year and he's gone. Who's his replacement? Boom. There it is. Or the new defensive coach cleaned house, right? You know, Denver's, Denver's a perfect example like that. Um, but sometimes so, teams just don't have talent and it's a one-man show. If we're, if we're staying in New England for a second, what happens – uh, this year for Chase Winovich. Is this the year that Winovich he's actually? Pro- he's probably, you know, no. No? No. Because I honestly will not own any Patriots defensive players. Oh, That's so you. Free you pick up on a, on a, it's a, it's a, it's a free, if it's a free pickup on a, on a bye week, I really need the fucking guy. Maybe, maybe I will, but like that front seven, and that Belichick rotation of fucking I'll bring my mother off the couch to tackle you and take snaps. God, it's hard. But Chase has the most upside. But then again, like I thought Rivers had an upside. I mean, they've been drafting high ends for fucking years. And then when they hit, Chandler Jones gone. So when they hit and they got to get paid, they're gone. And, you know, the problem is the guy's, you know, he's getting up to speed for two years. He's good for two years and he's gone. So it's like, uh, and they rotate they rotate so like it's ridiculous. Like I couldn't even tell you the linebackers in that core. Like they're unplayable at this point. Winovich would be the only one I would agree with on that one. 
and maybe the corners. MFL's right, got him listed right, as a linebacker right now. MFL uh, has yeah. has has Just, Winovich listed as a linebacker. I, I'd I'd rather have Jumpy sign right there than fucking Winovich. <laughs> he's a linebacker. He's useless. Right? He falls in that category. That sucks because he should be an end, and he's he's a value, and I like him an end. I, outside linebacker, yeah, I'm all set. Like, I, there's no upside. Like, you got to hope they flip him back. But the problem is, is like, like I said, I mean, that's where the Patriots always do that. Like, they rotate everyone. They don't care who you are. They just rotate everybody on the snaps. And like, that team doesn't develop a lot of players because they don't have time for you to develop because they'll just rotate someone in. They're not going to give you snaps just to get you, you know. Help you improve. You go out there and play and do your job. But if you don't do your job well, we're not going to wait for you to learn. We're just going to fucking rotate somebody else in there. So, and I like Chase. Yeah, I think he's the best defensive player. Honestly, they they fucking they have. I mean, you know, I mean, I think the best pickup they had in the offseason is Harry Anderson too. But that's a different conversation. Harry Anderson. So I don't know what well, the hell he's gonna, the, he could be another one. They got him D tackle right DN kind of guy. Right now, right now, Henderson uh, Anderson's going to be theoretically. A D end. Uh, I I just to your point. I think there's too much in that front seven. But uh, before we leave New England and go somewhere but he, else, but but if but if they put him, if they if they if they gave him the D tackle, fucking you know notification next to his name, and he played tackle and end, then maybe I'm interested. Yeah. Then you'd be a little more interested in in, in the likelihood that uh, Winovich is is probably playing a little bit more is appealing, yeah. but. Cameron McGrone, Cameron McGrone won't be on a roster this year. Five bucks says he ends up going permanently onto the IR for the rest of the season just to get a little more recovery in. He'll be back next year. That's my last guy in New England. And, and I like that guy. And the problem, I, the only problem I have with him, and it's one problem with him, and it's not personal on him. This goes back to the Patriots. They fucking drafted linebackers that we've liked for like seven straight goddamn years. And either two things happen. Like, Bentley's supposed to hit. And Bentley played well last year in, like, a couple of games when nobody else was alive. Right? I mean, because <laughs> they rotate him. And I don't blame them. Like, Patriots are just not a good defensive, you know, fantasy team. Like, and that's probably why they win. They rotate. They get guys. Like, they, you know, that's not what their plan is. So, you know, they're not a big, you know, fantasy team that I even really, really look at. I mean, shit, I don't even really want much on the offensive side of the fucking ball, so I'm pretty well, much I mean, out of that goddamn What you subscribe point. on the linebacker side, I've subscribed to with the running backs forever, is I don't really want to own any of them because at any given moment, one of them could go off and you're absolutely hosed. So Somebody uh, said that to me today. No, I'm leaving work, and a kid's talking to me about a redraft work league. I mean, and he goes, I can't wait to watch the guy draft the Patriots running backs early. They always do it. I said, those guys still exist? I said, I want to – I go, I can't wait to see that guy. I said, man, they haven't learned? Fuck, I haven't touched them since – God, after Corey Dillon, you should have, like, known better after that shit. I'm like, come on. I'm like, you should have. Like, at this point, <laughs> that's going to be hilarious. But I thought when you brought that up, I was like, that is too funny. You're right. I'm like – that's hot hand. Yeah, the only change is like, yeah, the Patriots are in a spot where they where they get a trade. Honestly, I think they have one of the worst offenses in the league, and I think they need to trade offenses. Like like Michelle and Harry got to go, and then I feel better about that backfield. I feel better. I like. I still like Harris's value. I think Harris is a, is a is a great running back value this year. Like Harris is a great value to buy cheap. Absolutely. Uh, you know, again, probably not to anyone's Patriots fans or you know, but. 
you know, again, especially after Stevenson, like his value might have dropped. You're like, oh, Sonny Michelle looked good. Oh, Stevenson looked good. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. I'll take Harris. I don't need to watch up with the hot camp news. <laughs> Maybe it helps. Maybe you can buy a guy cheaper. We talk about it. Sometimes that hot camp news gets you a guy cheaper because he's like, oh, the other two guys look good. Well, because the better guy didn't have a story? Okay, fine. <laughs> well, so I, I think as we go into maybe next week, we talk about some of the some of the guys that uh, for as much as we go deep, I think there might be some storylines up top that, that might need to uh, be revisited, you know, with starters. We've been digging Wait. so deep for so long on all of these, and I love it. But, you know, I, I, I think – some of these when's the, top when's the first when's the first cut in the NFL? First cut is coming up in uh what's it next week? Next week? It's gotta I, be next week. I gave the dates last week. I can't remember yeah. this week. It's gotta be it's gotta be this week. I wanna say it's the twenty fourth and then the uh then the thirty first. Okay. There might be one no, there's one coming up tomorrow, the seventeenth. Seventeenth, twenty fourth, and thirty first. So it goes from eighty uh eighty five to eighty. 80 to 53. So good luck between the 24th and the 31st because you'll be watching all of your sleeper dreams go to bed. Night, night.